yeah. so what, is, what exactly is going on here? I don't even figure that part out yet. We just brought this diner. We keep. It's uh, only when it's only when you ask that aloud and you look up, you realize that there are still people in this diner. There's still like other people in this diner. Like there is someone at the counter. There is someone in the kitchen that you can see through that little like space that they have between the kitchen and the counter. There are still people seated at their tables in the diner who haven't responded to any stimulus whatsoever when you got here. I walk over, like wave my hand in front of their eyes, like, you know, snap and produce like flame between my fingers for a moment just to like interesting. Nothing. You can grasp keys here if you like. Would like to do that. Let's do that then. And uh, I have two darkness tokens. So, you know, we're going to spend both of those and hope for the best. Mm -hmm. And just to be sure, I want to know exactly what in particular you are doing in this moment in the Mm -hmm. hopes that it will produce it will produce information for you. And just sort of like uh, figuring out like what why these people are like this is this is this conne- this is connected to the the harbinger in some way is this an effect of it did somebody um do something that was here is it directly connected to the, the item itself is it like the item does this or was it somebody here who did this okay the disastrous success at 11 let's go ah uh, yes disastrous success Oh my god, I want to actually go into the rules and read what happens in this moment. We are rolling terribly today. <laughs> but at what cost? I mean, I feel like the disastrous success, you know, that's just as designed, but so, rolling all low. 11, <laughs> 11 does mean that someone could spend a bond and bring it down to 10, which is a perfect hit. You can do that if you want to. Oh... Uh, Stiara, what you're looking for information on whether they, whether the statue did something or there's someone using the statue did something. Is it, is it an effect of the statue itself or is it something someone did? So what I'm trying to find a way to to connect, like the the honesty that we share. Like you have you found me, so you have seen Jane. Bears can be like soul and, and body and everything. And we've worked together the longest. So I can spend a bond to bring you down to a perfect hit if we can figure out a way to connect the things that I'm good at with the things that you're doing. To you clarify, can... while I am fine with this, rules as written, Ciara has to spend their own. Oh, bond. well, disregard. You're on your own, kid. I mean, I'm still into that idea. I do have a bond with you on my end. And I mean, your whole thing is emotions. Maybe I'm getting a little worked up about this, of like trying to get these reactions out of people and sort of stepping it up, stepping it up. Maybe it's just first step in front of it and push, then like breaking something, and then just sort of trying to get a reaction out of them. And uh, you can feel me getting angrier that nothing is working and nothing is giving me anything. I like this a lot because Mm -hmm. we've established on our history that 
you got so upset with what was going on in the lab that you just incinerated everyone and everything. So I think that John is really keyed in to when Ciara's meter is spiking and like the steam is starting to rise. There's got to be some kind of signal when Jane notices that you are getting a little too on edge. What does she do to like snap your attention to break that that uh, that circle? You throw a glove at her. <laughs> I am the outsider, and this is my mark. I'm fine with that if it's that, just physical. That's, that's great. It's just like <laughs> it's the thing that like it makes me take a second and be like, maybe I'm going a little too far. As I'm like holding a plate above somebody's head, just like gonna hit it with, hit them with it, 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 it like we're in some sort of slapstick. I like the I idea like that, this a lot. that John is not like looking over, paying attention, so it's super nonchalant. But there's just a gloved hand that like snaps next to the side of your face, and you look over, and then you get like the light slap across, like not not rude or mean, but just like a like, hey, hey, hey. You had a thought, Mike? The gloves are cloth, right? Yeah. So if they were um, latex, it would be like, well, what if it's as if they've been like pulled and then shot like a rubber band? But that's that's in the a different version of this narrative. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I think we can get there because the cloth can be kind of stretchy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Doesn't have to be harmful. But so yeah, yeah there yeah, we go. Yeah. You're sitting there, you're getting frustrated, and then just like like someone throws a sock at you, but it's one of Jane's gloves that hits you mm-hmm. in the face. It's one of those dual slaps. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I like this a lot. Sierra, mm-hmm. you snap out of it. Moments before this plate was about to collide with this poor 30-something-year-old woman's head. If John hadn't stopped you, you wouldn't have noticed that this woman is talking. What is she She's talking saying? very, very softly. But you lean in, and suddenly you hear... God, I wish I looked like him. I'd do anything to look like him. And you tell you can tell suddenly that she is looking in a direction that is not the direction of the other person on the other side of the table who is also whispering. And not the direction of anybody else in the diner who you now notice their lips are also moving. I'll move over to somebody else and see what they're saying. They're I saying do the anything same thing? to be this beautiful. My hair is so bad. My skin is so bad. I. Why can't I look like her? He. This guy's looking at a wall. There is nothing in his periphery, but he is similarly whispering. Let's turn around and just say. They're all talking, talking about how beautiful something is and how much they wish they could look like that. And point at a guy staring at nothing and saying, she's so beautiful and wishes he could be like her. Am I picking up any emotion from any of these people that I could possibly amplify to try and snap out of, snap them out of it? Because this key has already been grasped, I'll give it to you. You sense strong desire from the entire room. It is so strong that you can do nothing about it. It would require, it would require a remarkable effort, at least, 
the kind of effort that you are confident would probably do you great physical harm to attempt. If you want to attempt it anyway, I won't stop you, but you imagine it would be immense. Uh, this manifests as uh, Amaliel doing a quick hop skip and then hiding behind Temple. Uh, and then looking up around everyone and saying, they want. All they want is want. Um, so, Brandon, what should we write down as the uncovered key here? A crowd murmuring to seek to, to, seek to be beautiful. Writing this down so we can get it on the map later. Mm-hmm. It will be on the Roll20 map. It's just that will require a lot of effort from me, so yeah. be patient. So I have a pitch for another way of grasping keys that I think isn't just the same thing. Mm-hmm. So seeing and hearing this, I'm kind of floating a few inches above the ground and like taking in the whole scene and hearing people the relaying of people talking about something, I reach out and turn back time in this room until we can see whoever it was that was here using time distortion to grasp keys. Or I would like to grasp keys. I want to know who was here. Yes, I will let you grasp keys in this way. So yeah. Are you uh, going to spend any darkness tokens for this? Do you have any darkness tokens? I do. I took two darkness tokens earlier because I felt lonely. Um, mm -hmm, right, when, fair. like, basically coming into the scene, knowing that I have a lot of this responsibility, but then not being able to, like, actually really connect with the people mm -hmm. involved. So, I'm Are you spend spending any? I am going to spend two of my two darkness tokens. Did the rest of us encounter this time change? Or... Because there, whether this, this is me adding flavor to this tempo can, of course, justify one or the other. But I do imagine that simultaneously tempo can decide who is within or without a particular distortion. And division standard uniforms are designed in such a way to limit some manner of engagement with certain abilities that are not overtly directed toward you specifically so you can witness other people's attempt to gain information without being totally blindsided. Yeah, and I would be, I'd be happy for my three colleagues to be able to see what it is that I'm seeing here. Because mm -hmm. like, with the time distortion, it could either be physically winding back the clock back or rewinding time for the light that has been bouncing off of whatever was here, depending on which way you want to take it. Like the science of the Pittman sculpture book, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to spend two and roll. Uh, that yeah. is a six, which is a miss, but you have to get to eight for a hit. Unfortunately. Yes, and you can only spend one bond, unfortunately. So this is just a miss. So I may mark ruin to uncover a key, but in doing so, the keeper will reveal how you become closer to be uh how you come closer to becoming a harbinger okay do you want to do that ruin ruin i have uh -huh. zero ruin moves so i absolutely should take ruin definitely hey 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 let me just make sure of some things on your sheet uh -huh. i have a third way i think we can get there if you uh if you decide you 
don't want to accumulate the stain. Aha! Uh-huh. All of you. Um, what what option do you have? Uh, so I have a power that is a man of a thousand faces, where on a hit or better, I can gain the memories and thoughts of whoever I look like. So I could make myself look like one of these people and gain the memory of what happened to them. Okay. I am happy to to let that go, uh, to, to let you do that, and say that I find more than I was ready for, uh, and let Brandon describe how that means I don't we don't get a key. Uh, and then you can make your move, Aaron. That's up to you. Yeah. Uh, so you're not spend so you're not gonna spend the ruin then? I'll get ruin other ways, don't worry. Grr, okay, cool. You attempt to reverse this moment. Because several hours have passed since this moment, you very quickly decide, let's just move this rewind a little faster. At which point, you very obviously notice that a jump in action has taken place in this diner previously. But when you stop, you are now somewhere at 11.30pm to midnight, and when you try to move forward in the scene, you can no longer do so. But now you have the very undisturbed images of all of the individuals who were in the diner, well, some of the individuals who were in the diner before the event, most of which are the patrons, and obviously still includes the cashier, one other attendant and whoever is at the kitchen who is now out of view from your immediate vantage point in the scene but is still present so these faces are now more ideal for jane to use if he would like to use them i just like i think the there's a like that the the moment that they can't fix on there's like straining in uh in tempo's hands and then they they pull it back and say, why was I not meant to know? And are kind of lost in that moment for a bit. I still think that, that John is, is distant emotionally from the group, like is in the room, but is not actively participating or communicating. So as tempo falters... They have positioned themselves such that she can remove her mask and engage with one of the people without revealing their face. So if you were to look over to this form, you would see that the glove hands have taken the mask off. And then very delicately, Jane takes the cloth gloves off of her own hands and puts them into their pocket and then just reaches up to stroke their fingers down the cheek of one of the frozen victims. I will roll, uh, I suppose I'd call it a person of a thousand faces in this case, which allows my form to fluctuate and take on the face of another. Um, I have three darkness tokens, and I feel like if we don't spend them, our dice are not going to let us continue this game. So I <laughs> will uh, we'll roll. A disastrous success is better than a miss. Let's see what happens. Ah, it's a perfect hit. It's a nine. Nice. Okay. On an 8 to 10, the thoughts and memories come together in song and your form harmonizes with it. Choose two. I will choose the shape and form is stable. And actually, I don't really need those. Sorry. That's 
That's crazy. Uh, well, one for flavor, one for game. How's that sound? The one for game purposes, I will say, to gain the memories and thoughts of whoever you look like. And that will get us towards the key that we're looking for. The other piece, I will keep the shape and form as stable and will last as long as I concentrate on it. So that way, when I turn back to the rest of the crew with whatever Eureka moment is about to come, they see Jane obviously wearing the face of the person directly in front of them. Just twinsies. Is this the okay. first time that I have seen this? I think so. We've established that that you know of John, but have not worked with them. Uh, Ciara knows the whole story, and this would be obviously the first time. I don't think Tempo knew Jane existed until four hours ago, so, right? Yeah, like, th they would know what was in the dossier from Division. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you... Because of the temporal distortion of the scene, you start in the memories of this diner attendant named Janice at like 11.30, where nothing of note has happened. You know everybody likes the apple pie here. You know no one likes the root beer here. You know that there is a guy who is about to leave um, at 11.30 who only comes in an attempt to, like, take life study drawings of some of the people who pass by here and then leave and seems to have nothing else going on in his life. And that makes you feel like he's kind of creepy, but he's never hurt or harassed anybody, so you let it slide. You let some of those beats pass in your brain. They move at their own speed, but you are obviously recovering them much faster than they seem to be moving in your head. Uh, so when you get to around 2.13 or 2.14, you notice two men in suits and bowler hats come in, sit at the only table that doesn't have anybody at it and doesn't seem to have anything broken or stained or getting hot or cold on them at, uh, since this time has passed. Where they sit, they eat two slices of pie, they talk amongst themselves. Uh, one of them gets up to use the bathroom. And then you notice this weird, intense feeling wash over Janice. She looks away up at the window beside those tables and out into the street at... Seemingly nothing at all. But you see her dwell on the image of this girl she knew in high school who she absolutely positively hated. She was more popular than Janice. More boys liked her than they liked Janice. She wasn't particularly smart or funny or athletic, but she was nice and sweet, and above all, very beautiful. And that seemed to never stop all the way into their adulthood. And you are seeing this from Janice's perspective. You are seeing this girl, let's call her Kendall. You are seeing every face that Kendall has ever had from Janice's perspective. And you see Janice see this face as astoundingly beautiful. 
like the pinnacle of uh, human perfection. But you, Jane, know that there is nothing noteworthy about this girl's face. In fact, to you, Janice is actually more distinctly beautiful in her own way. But that doesn't matter to Janice. Janice is struck by this. And you notice not only that Janice is so struck by this, but you notice the one guy that went to the bathroom comes back out, looks at everybody, looks at his companion, who is freaking the fuck out. Didn't notice anything until just a couple of beats ago and is like freaking out and putting like his keys and his phone and some other stuff back in his pockets, uh, looking out into the street to see if anybody's following them. They share their own very frustrated and frightened conversation. And you hear muffled in Janice's ears because now she's too enwrapped by the image of Kendall to even thoroughly make out the scene. But the scene is still playing out around Janice, so she can still hear it. As the guy goes, we still have to pay for the fucking pie. No, dude, let's just get out of here before... We bought pie, we're paying for the goddamn pie. And he walks up to Janice, stares a bit in confusion, shrugs, grabs a point-of-sale terminal from the counter, enters the price of the two slices of pie, swipes his credit card, shrugs again, just kind of leaves it, helter-skelter on the counter, puts the card back in his pocket, grabs the suitcase, and they leave. But that means that you know that his credit card information is in this diner's database. I think these memories manifest as Jane recounting Janice's internal monologue, but in Jane's voice. So as they're going through it, you hear Jane saying, like, well, would it be today, sugar? <laughs> yeah, no, the pie's real good. And then going through all of it, and then... When we get to the part about uh, Kendall, that's you, it's a conversation that Jane is having with themselves about it, and it's only like the pacing that makes sense. So Jane is saying, "God, Kendall, you were always so just." Mm, wait, you know, that doesn't make any sense because ah, but like no one has ever been that beautiful. What are you talking about? So they 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 cram into one another and kind of jumble up, and then as it all, and then like the fast forwarding at the end of it, you just hear. Ah, the credit card. And then gloved hands pointing towards the point of sale machine. I go to get it. I do not destroy the credit card machine. Tempo has successfully calmed me down, you see? <laughs> so what do you do? You, you literally pick up the terminal? Because there is a computer on the other side of the counter that you could just... Well, I don't know how these things work. So I pick up the, <laughs> I pick up the cash and then I put it back down. And then I look at the, I guess, the handheld credit card scanny thing. And, mm. oh, I see the merchant copy of the receipt. And I look at it. And then I hold it up very proudly. <laughs> I do not connect the fact that you have to look at the computer at all. Because I am an idiot and all of you love me. Sierra, are you able to understand this computer? Uh, I can do my best. 
Should I go over to see if I can see the at least like the um the name of the person who last paid? Yeah. Like Sierra being the most lives in the world person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I may ask somebody else to do the touchscreen thing if it's a touchscreen, so I don't burn out the touchscreen. I think this is funny that Ciara is going to like they're sitting there and then John's glove hands are typing for her, right? Yeah. Just I pipe up for Ciara helpfully. Touch screens respond to noses and also to tongues. Good to know. Well, why aren't uh, you, you using it? You notice that to sign into the PC, there is actually a separate, like, seemingly vestigial card swipe thing that you imagine is for an ID card. That's when you glance back and realize that uh, Janice's name tag actually has, like, a retractable cable attached to it. That makes more sense. I realized that if there's no conductance in the gloves and John doesn't have hands in them, so he would not actually be able to use a touchscreen. So at a certain point, Ciara will have to touch it, but John will, mm. she it's will happily... Hold up her phone. It shows like the little burn marks from where she was maybe a little too angry while typing out messages. I am very happily going to touch the screen for you. Thank you. The screen is not a touchscreen. You all suddenly realize it is not a touchscreen. It's just... <laughs> this PC one... is running on Windows 98. Uh, the one fair. problem we can't solve. None of us have functioning hands. <laughs> <laughs> this makes it a little easier, you know? Sure, the keys are going to get like a little soft and there's going to be a little imprints on them, but, you know, that's fine. Look, I don't think anyone's coming back to this diner time soon, right? It'll no. Be okay. This is an insurance write-off. You get into the database, the very last payment is immediately the first thing that comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's credited to a Hank Collins. So now you have a name that you can put, well, a name and a face mm-hmm. that you can put to the suitcase and whatever happened in this place very recently. Yep. Uh, definitely have that. Those definitely mean things. Jane. You hear the voice that was in Janice's head still. The male voice or the, the suitcase voice or You hear Janice's voice. Oh, okay. Describe to me a person who when you last took their face, you considered their face beautiful. It was a, oh man, I was not ready for this. And I'm going to try to make it really good instead of just jumping through it. I think what attracted John to it was, it was perfectly imperfect. Oh, that is an excellent suggestion that just came through. Oh my God. Uh, Credit to Yoy for this, because that's way better than the idea that I had. I got you. Yeah, I was panicking, and you just hit a home run there because um, I the last face that I thought was perfectly beautiful was actually of an infant, and the the story of how I came to acquire that face and that knowledge is is buried way way deep down in the squished down place, but human faces to 
to Jane, they, they bear the scars of time. It is the wrinkle that forms in your mouth from frowning and, and the worry lines around the ears. You change as the world disappoints you through the human connections you make. So there is nothing that is more perfect or beautiful than a face that has entered into this world blessed with the visage of humanity, but not yet creased by it. This face becomes your face. Because it is smaller than your natural head, your mask slips off your face. I wonder if we've established, and this is a question I hadn't considered, does Jane always know when that's happening? Or is it possible for the visage to change without them being aware? I don't know. I'd like to think that it happens almost all the time. You're probably interacting with faces so often that sometimes it just occurs. In You're my... aware often that it has the potential to happen. You're not... You're not aware that it's happening so much as you're hypervigilant all the time of whether it is. I think there's, that's one of the two reasons they wear the mask. The one is because the mannequin face is disturbing. Uh, and the second is that every now and again, a face will leak in from the environment or from the catalog of faces, which is also disturbing. So whichever is more interesting, I'll put it up to, to, to the group if you think that Jane should react or if you should notice and Jane is oblivious and not hiding it. Actually, I think the second one's better, because if Jane can feel it and notices, they will immediately try to fix it. But if they're not aware of it, then you all get to see it and interact with it. So let's go with that, yeah? I Our touch thumb. the mask as it falls, and I very happily turn to present it to my best friend, Jane, with whom I have an inseparable bond that shall never be severed. And then I go, ah! <laughs> because that's not the face I expected. And I mean, like, rosy brand new infant like like fresh out of the oven like after cord before swaddling like like seconds old all of you notice or rather Ciara and Tempo you notice before Jane and uh, Hamaliel notice the heads of all of these stationary persons in the diner have all turned to face Jane, and they're all raising their hands to reach out to Jane. And they all have this, like, calm, awestruck look on their face. The face that people have when they see a cute baby. And they're all reaching out, like, expectantly toward Jane. Which is a problem for John, who has not noticed, because Janice is barely ten feet away from you all. And that's where we're going to take the end of this first session. <laughs> I don't like anything about this. <laughs> Neither do I, and that's why it happened. <laughs> I smelled a cliffhanger. Uh-huh. Oh my god, I am so very excited that you've gotten to this point in particular, because from this point onward, only terrible things will happen. I mean, only terrible things have happened. <laughs> we've been doing terrible I mean, you things. broke a door, but at least you grasped some keys. Mm. I did we, almost break a person. We did, we did break people. We, we broke three by my count. We broke several asleep. people. 
Both of those both of those people are asleep. Who else did we break? The driver. We broke the driver. Right, no, the driver is asleep. One cop is asleep. Yeah, but the driver isn't How the they driver wake thinks up. he is anymore. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I'm oh. sure they'll be fine. Narita's voice. They may not <laughs> actually be fine. Look, they sent us on this mission. They gotta understand. Mm. Yeah. I mean, right. at some point, this is Division's fault for continuously sending us out. <laughs> what I remember most from the briefing is that in order of culpability, it is Tempo's fault, and then it's Ciara's fault. Oh no, oh. at the end of this mission, Ciara might snitch on me about running <laughs> through a diner with a car door in my hand. <laughs> I mean, you don't know who might snitch on you, but you do know that's probably going to end up in a report. You should have known better. Oh. Mostly because I don't want to get blamed for it. <laughs> so how like does everyone feel about this session in general? Twas good, twas good. Yeah, it's a great, great setup for whatever comes next. I also, I, I like that we're getting all of our crap rolls out of the way, mm, because exactly. this means next session, surely... Our roles will be amazing. Exactly. That's how it works. <clears throat> Surely. I love all of these I'm people. so confident. <laughs> I kind of like that, that so many of them have failed because we established that this is the fuck-up team and then mm. proceeded to continually fuck up. So, like, we're yeah. right on brand. <laughs> we're very on brand. Yeah. So, now that we have engaged in shenanigans and things can only go better from this point onward... Um, I'd like to invite you all to please let all the lovely people know uh, who you are, what you do, and where they can find you. Starting with Aubrey. Hello, I'm Aubrey. You can find me everywhere on the internet at the Mad Queen or Mad Queen Cosplay, depending on where you are. Uh, you'll recognize my green hair. And uh, you can also find me as technical director over on Queen's Court Games. I just ran a bunch of stuff there. I'm performing a bunch of things. I'm doing a bunch of things, editing, music. All that fun stuff. And you can also catch me as the GM over on Goblets and Gaze. And probably by the time this is out, I believe we will have uh, announced one a uh, big thing that we've been working on. Uh, we're going to play some Vampire the Masquerade this fall. So come join us for that. Mm -hmm. Grand. Next, Aaron. Hello, I'm Aaron. I'm still emotionally recovering from the image of, of everyone reaching for my baby face. Uh, when I'm not doing that, you can find me as the Forever GM at Queen's Court Games. Um, we are, oh boy, we're playing a lot of horror games and none of them are as scary as this. Right. I am the storyteller for our award-winning Vampire the Masquerade podcast, The All Night Society, uh, which has been accepted to the New Jersey Web Festival, of which Speculate has already also been accepted. So award-winning company all around. Uh, you can also find me playing Cult, Divinity Lost, Delta Green, very soon, I will be dragging people into Red Markets by Hebedon Games and others to come. If you want to find any of that, Twitter or Blue Sky at Queen's Court, sorry, Twitter, Queen's Court RPG, Blue Sky, Queen's Court Games, because they let us have a bigger name. Um, if you want to see what I'm up to personally, which is mostly just kind of like game theory, thinking about actual play as art and storytelling, that is over at Aaron and Words on Twitter, or you can probably find it the same way on Blue Sky actually as well. I also neglected to mention this. You pitched your Patreon earlier, and I didn't tell people that I like your work so much. I am already subscribed to it, even though I have my own show. For which we're very grateful. 
if you are watching or listening to this, you should be like Aaron and subscribe to our Patreon. You should. I, I, I've said this on two different shows. There are only three actual plays that like I actually make time to watch. I, I watch a ton of them all the time, but there are only three that I'll ever catch like live when I'm around. And one of them is yours uh, because it is excellent. And I love learning from the way y'all play. It's been a great experience to be in this game because like out of the GM chair, different kind of thing. It is great. Thank you so very much. Next, Yoi. Hello, and very soon, goodbye. I am Yoi Gawain Lin, he's a pronouns game and fiction writer. Tonight I was a cosmic horror compacted into a corpse that is human, that is not mine, and that is also made of meat. You can find me on Twitter, presumably, at this is my design. The sign is spelled capital D A S E I N. It is a philosophy and animal pun. I have said that so many times and it never gets old. And last but not least, Mike. Everybody, thanks so much for watching. I am Mike. I write as Michael R. Underwood. You can find books like Genre Knots, but I'm trying to not have to be blurry, um, which is a dimension hopping story heist series of novellas. Um, the season one collection is available there, and I'm currently working on a Genre Knots role playing game, which you can follow at my personal Patreon, but mostly you should back the Speculate one because that's where I'm focusing right now. You can find me on socials at Mike R. Underwood for the most part, and I GM our game Valorward. Uh, playing Court of Blades, which you can find at speculatesf.com slash videos. Nominated. We'll play Valorant. <laughs> I still need to get that into my bit. New Jersey Webfest and Minnesota Webfest official selection, Valorant. Thank you, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Valorant is very rad, and if you are not checking out Valorant, you should fix that right now. As for me... I am Brandon O'Brien. I keep the doors so you don't have to. I am a poet, writer, and game designer from Trinidad and Tobago, and one of the co-hosts of Speculate alongside Mike and Greg. I make a lot of things, including my own RPGs at uh, TheRisingTides.itch.io. I am presently working on the RPG tie-in to our good friend Gregory A. Wilson's Grey Assassin trilogy, so if you want to get your hands on the Grey Shade RPG, uh, definitely check that out on our backer kit so you can get your hands on it when it is finally done we are very excited for you all to get your hands on it you can find me all almost everywhere on the internet at the rising tides including the place where they killed the bird and the place where the sky is still blue and i have a website called brandonobrian.xyz that is also my newsletter so if you want to hear me talk about fiction talk about kamen rider and sometimes show you pictures of whatever game i'm playing on my mobile phone you can do that there and again, a reminder to everyone that you can support all of the cool things that we do over at Speculate. We have a Patreon, that's patreon.com slash speculate. We have a website, that's uh, speculatesf.com. We are also on Blue Sky at SpeculateSF. We are still on the place where they killed the bird. And you can always find us at Patreon and on the website. So definitely check those things out. That's where we put all of the cool things that we've made, including... The New Jersey Web, the New Jersey Webfest, and Minnesota Webfest nominated followers. So, thank you so very much for joining us this evening. I hope that you all have a wonderful evening. I hope that you all have a wonderful week. And by all means, please take care because you never know what might be on the other side of that door. Bye, everybody.